0: usually the first time they get to meet with another woman during the whole construction process and Mm. someone that they can relate to and like yes she gets that i need room for a hundred pairs of shoes (laughs) hey
1: everyone welcome back to going deep with aaron watson i have a great new episode to share with you this week with michelle walters michelle is the founder and CEO of Liberty Closet Systems. Liberty Closet Systems installs builds custom, not only closets, but shelving units, pantries, wine cellars, laundry rooms, mud rooms, garages, all sorts of crazy stuff. And she's built her family business to have uh, more than 20 employees. They're moving into a brand new 11,000 foot space. And she is a diamond in the rough, a hidden gem of the Western Pennsylvania business community. But it was really cool to spend some time with her to see her space. She showed us some tremendous hospitality. And this is her first podcast podcast ever. She gets almost no media, um, and she was a little nervous, but I hope that you will bear with me, bear with her, and uh, listen to this interview about a amazing small business owner uh, operating a family business. This is the lifeblood of America. This is the type of story that just warms my heart. It gives me inspiration, and I think that it will for you as well. So here is Michelle Walters. You're listening to Going Deep with Aaron Watson.
2: Michelle, thank you so much for doing this.
0: Thank you. I'm, I'm, really,
2: I'm really excited to be speaking with you. And I want to start off, if you could take us back to 1993, starting the company. Just paint a little bit of a picture for us where you were in life, where you, what, what you were doing, and what was kind of the impetus for you to go out and start something on your own?
0: Well, I um, was in college and not particularly loving what I was studying in college and wondering, yeah, what, what do I want to do with the rest of my life? What were you studying? So I was a court reporter, studying to be a court stenographer. Okay. Yeah, so And I also was a young mother, too. I had both of my, my children. They were babies. And while I was still in, in college, and really thinking about that in my career and wanting something that I could do around my children. You know, I really I wanted to work. Um, but I also wanted to be a mother and to be able to be home with my kids, so I started this this business. The opportunity um, was presented to me that there was nothing like this in the area. So uh, my husband, being a cabinet maker and a contractor, was a uh, it, it was just it was a, it was a good fit for us. We were given the opportunity to to start um, working with one contractor, supplying their closet systems for them. And I took the opportunity and, and just grew with it. So I started with one contractor and just grew from there. As I was working on one house, I would go knock on the door of another one, you know, who's doing your closets for you. And, and that's literally how it how it grew and by word of mouth. So from, from me being a one woman show to now having 23 employees and
2: and grown into in a new four space states, yeah. and ex- exciting growth <laughs> yeah. happening. Yes. Talk a little bit about the kind of complementary skill sets. You talked about your husband having the background in cabinet making. Like wh- where did your skill sets fit in? Where did his skill sets fit in? Like what was the kind of partnership there?
0: Well, I think for, for me, it was really finding my niche. You know, I, I loved um, the organizational aspect of it and being, you know, found that, I had that that capacity to, to be very spatially aware of, of areas and how things should be organized and put together. So it it was just kind of like, you know, meant to be.
2: And okay. are they are they usually custom closets? So when you say like a closet system, how much of it is a kind of cookie cutter framework, plug and chug game versus kind of Problem solving on the fly, and every every situation, every space may be a little different. Whether it's because of the client specifications or the limitations in terms of actual space that you can work in. Sure.
0: Well, there's you're you're exactly right. I mean, I can have three three closets that are exactly the same space-wise, you know, measurement-wise, but each client has a different set of needs for those spaces. So it's it's based on their needs and the organization they require, their budget, you know, there's a lot of different things. So I can take three spaces are exactly the same size wise, but they'll be completely different when we're done with them, you know, based on the client's needs. There are a lot of components that, you know, certain things work well being a certain size, but we custom manufacture everything here. So there's really no cookie cutter, you know, you know, drawers work well you know, being 30 inches wide and 16 inches deep. But we can make them any size that they need to be. So it's it's not that there's any one specific fit. You know, it really is just based on, on the individual's needs.
2: And if it is being custom-built here, that does speak to the Correct. fact that th- there's a, a degree to which cookie cutter just doesn't yeah, even remotely apply. Yeah, it doesn't work. Apply. Yeah,
0: Everything's different. And, you know, if you are trying to put a cookie cutter, you know, unit into a, a predetermined space, it, it just doesn't work, so... Makes sense.
2: So talk to me a little bit about the process of getting the custom closet made. You talked about these contractors. And even as I was Mm -hmm. reading up a little bit on the website, you have these relationships with these other contractors who may bring you in and they may be part of a larger like residential job or commercial job. And then they know, you know, I can't possibly make closets as well as Liberty Closets Clan I'm going to bring them in and they're going to have this area of expertise. Can you just explain a little bit more sure. of how that works?
0: Well, we besides working for contractors, we work a lot for individual homeowners too as well. So anybody that needs any organizational need. With the contractors, it's nice. You know, it's, it's a service. For years, closets have been a, a very important area of the home that went overlooked. So that's not the case anymore. You know, new homes specifically are really being built around having more, more storage needs, you know, space in them. So it's, it's great to have that offer that service that you have someone that can come in and meet with your clients and, and help, you know, solve all their storage needs. So, yeah,
2: yeah. this is, this is definitely one of the interviews that, um, when I get home and talk to my girlfriend about who I interviewed today, like she's already brought up walk-in closets and custom closets. She's her eyeballs are going to get wide with excitement.
0: It is. It's exciting. And, um, you know, people, we start our day usually in our closet. So you want it to really be well organized, you know, and and be able to find everything. It it just creates more calm and, you know, your your crazy busy, hectic day. So.
2: So talk to me a little bit about the process of, okay, we have like the one initial contractor, the one initial, like we're up off the ground, but there's a, there's a next stage where you're on your feet and Mm -hmm. you're starting to make moves. Like there's, you know, you were at, um, I believe you said, 23 people now moving into a new space. Talk to a little bit more, though, about those kind of initial stages of proving that, you know, you were someone that these other contractors want to do business with, that you were a brand, that you were an entity in the marketplace that people could come to For the specific solution
0: well when i started you know being a woman in a construction field was a challenge you know it's a male dominated field so i really had to prove myself that i knew what i was talking about and what i was doing so again as we would as we just grew and i would just it was all by word of mouth really is how it all happened so you know you just do the absolute very best that, that I could possibly do, and prove that I could do the job, and, and the feedback from the homeowners, typically when you're building a new house, the, um, the woman is making the majority of the decisions in a home. So it was great. It was usually the first time they get to meet with another woman during the whole construction process, and mm. someone that they can relate to, and like, yes, she gets that. I need room for a hundred pairs of shoes, <laughs> mm-hmm. and so it, 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 you know, it's, it's. An opportunity for them to to really see that someone is um, thinking about them and their needs and 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 what you know their their plans are for the space.
2: What are some of the standard questions that you ask when you're kind of scoping out what the closet will be as you're kind of uncovering those needs yeah. of the client?
0: We ask a lot of questions. I mean, a lot. And um, you know what what your needs are for the space. You know how you know hanging space, folding space, shoes. Um, you know, we really we really bond a lot with. With our clients. You know, we're in a very private, intimate part of the home when we're working with them. So we ask a lot of questions to, so that we are able to design the space, you know, specifically for their needs. And it's not just closets, you know, we do all areas of the home as well. So it's, you know, the pantries and the mud rooms and, you know, how do the kids, you know, do their homework and store their book bags. And, you know, there's just, it's how do you live your life and, you know, and how do you want to organize it?
2: So when did that, I I'd imagine to some degree is a little bit of like just responding to what people are asking for, but you, you maybe started narrowly defined as this closet company, right. but there's all these different spaces of storage mm-hmm. that you guys work on. And once again, it was on the website. So was it to some degree like, hey, people keep asking for help with their mudroom or help with their study or help with their what other, whatever other area? And you're like, yeah, we can do that. Oh yeah, absolutely. We, yeah. yeah.
0: And it's, it's like, as soon as you... As soon as you get in there and do one project, they're, okay, well, how about this area? What can we do here? You know, I need help in this area. So it really does evolve into a a whole house project oftentimes.
2: And and it's to some degree, the difference between, hey, we maybe had this like narrowly defined service or productized service that we're bringing, when in reality, the customer is just looking for someone that does the good job, does it on time, does it within a reasonable budget. And as long as you're kind of checking those boxes, they're ready to work with you in a more expansive capacity sure
0: yeah well and it's and it's bonding with them too i mean they need to i think they really want to feel that you you understand their needs you know which is important you know to to get where they're coming from and you know what what they want
2: yeah it seems like it's also you kind of talked about um word of mouth or referrals yes. for, for more of your business. It also seems very similar to the trope of like the car salesman who the best car salesman or saleswoman is thinking about like the third car that they'll sell the person. Mm-hmm. And if they provide that good service and they do the good job, that person's going to come back for absolutely. car two and car three. Yes. Very similar in, in the way people yes. live with their houses. Is that, would that oh, be accurate? absolutely.
0: You know, every, every client we meet, you know, has the opportunity to, to do, several projects with us. So you absolutely want to provide the best quality and service, you know, always that you can, but there's the potential for, for more work, you know, in, in the home than just one area.
2: Certainly. So one of the things as I was doing the research was I saw in January of 2013, you joined the closet franchise factory, or uh, I'm sorry, the closet factory franchise group after 20 years as an independent brand. Can you talk a little bit through, uh, talk us through that decision and what was kind of informing that choice that you made? Sure.
0: Well, I had started Liberty Closets, you know, in 1993, um, a WBE, a woman-owned business enterprise. And as I'd said, I worked primarily for contractors. So, unless you were building a new home or working with a contractor, a lot of people didn't know of us, didn't know we existed. I had never done one day of advertising. All of my work was by word of mouth, and we had grown to um, working in Southwestern Pennsylvania, West Virginia, Maryland. So I'd really developed a large base with my contractors. The opportunity arose. I was actually contacted by Closet Factory. They were looking for a, a location, a Pittsburgh location. And while Closet Factory is a, a, it's a national franchise, we are all independently owned. So, you know, it's, 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 it's a, good, a good network to be in. But the, what I found really interesting and appealing there was all the the business acumen the, and the help that they, they were willing to give that I hadn't ever had before into to you know the thought of hiring all the people that I would need to hire and where I would find those out to bring them into my independent company that 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 expertise that they were offering you know through the franchise group i felt was just very valuable you know all the the knowledge that they were they were able to lend and you know to give in the support of growing the business
2: what were some of the areas where, where that expertise was
0: marketing was a big one as okay. i said i had never market done any sort of marketing before and um it terrified me <laughs> you know the thought of uh of doing that and
2: was it terrifying because of like, I might spend money on this and it will just be correct. A yeah.
0: Where, where do you start? Yeah. You know, what's, what's the a smart thing to spend money on for advertising.
2: Interesting. Yeah.
0: So that was, you know, a lot of it. Um, and just um, the, everything with, with how to scale and grow the business. You know, I felt like I had built Liberty closets to a certain level and I had hit a plateau and really couldn't rise above that. So something that was going to give me, um, what I needed, you know, to take it to the next level and and grow the company, which it has really, you know, we've done. So,
2: yeah. Um, one of the things that's super interesting to me about that is it it, is a common refrain of different sorts where wherever you stand as an entrepreneur, whatever phase or industry or this, you know, as we get more and more specific with the business, the loneliness that comes with, okay, there's only so many entrepreneurs period in my area. And then we subdivide it into businesses of a certain size. And then we subdivide it into specific industries or verticals that we may be operating in. And it's very quickly a kind of lonely experience, not just in the sense of it's all on my shoulders or me and you know, my, my husband's shoulders, but it is uh, there just aren't that many people to go to for perspective. So even being able to speak to the franchisee and wherever else in the United States and just get their perspective on things like yeah i remember when we were at x amount of revenue and we had to deal with hiring this or doing that
0: and that's exactly with with the rest of the other closet factory owners you know in the, in the other states i can pick up the phone at any time and call any of them and and they're all so willing to lend help and 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 experience you know in, in their past experience from you know from how they grew or overcame a you know a certain issue or even with our equipment and our tooling you know our machinery yeah you know we all share you know, information and, and, manufacturing, you know, techniques with that. So, you know, we, we do manufacture everything here, you know, in, in our facility.
2: Is so. that what all the franchises do? Correct. Or do yes. Different?
0: Yeah. No, we, in order, one of the requirements for a closet factory is that you have to manufacture.
2: Gotcha. So you were telling us before we started that you guys are moving into a new, much larger space. You're busting at the seams <laughs> here at this current location. What advice or what have, what have they said about moving into the new space? What what kind of perspective have they given?
0: Well, it's really, yeah, we, we very after very quickly after joining Closet Factory, we outgrew this current location. So I searched for, for several years for a facility, um, you know, that would suit our needs. And, and we did, we found one. We're very excited to move into it. It's significantly larger. We're going to be going from about a three thousand, you know, square foot shop to a fourteen thousand square foot shop. So it'll it'll be great with a a showroom and um, just easier access for for folks to find us too. But yeah, just you know, we're we're really limited in the equipment and the tooling that we have here, and just the ability to store materials and jobs. So we really are have hit our capacity with with what they can produce here in our shop so in order in order for us to grow we we need to to move to the new location
2: so that was actually one of the questions i was gonna i was like thinking about asking as as dan and i were driving over here was when you think about retail um and like a shop they'll evaluate a shop on the sales that are happening per square foot and above a certain threshold they know the business is doing well below a certain threshold things are in trouble what i'm hearing and you can correct me if i'm wrong here is a a way that you would evaluate the amount of space that you have in terms of the success or the viability or the health of your business is really through output so how how much can you get made how much Mm -hmm. can you get uh, built in a, you know, a regular work day and how that is on a square foot basis. Is that accurate?
0: It's somewhat. I mean, as far as if, yeah, you need to be able to have the equipment in place and then you need to be able to store your materials. And once you manufacture the, you know, the the product, you need to be able to have it Put out then in a, you know in a order, you know timely fashion.
2: So when you're saying storing is a part of that also, you know, if I maybe buy materials in bulk, I'm yes. getting a better rate. Yep. But because I can now store that on location, it can be here for like a longer period of time. And well, it even means
0: it? in in how quickly we can manufacture our jobs. You know, right now we're very limited in space, so we we buy all of our our material locally. So we buy big lifts of material. You know, four by eight sheets of board, and Right now, we can only buy the board a week before we're ready to cut it because we just have nowhere to store it. So it's it, it does limit us in in how quickly then we're able to go through that material and and get it to the saw and have it be cut into the edge bander and the CNC. So if we had more space to you know store more material, we 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 could be working further ahead too, to have our jobs done you know and with the, more of a lead time you know or a shorter lead time in in producing them gotcha. also with the equipment the size of the shop you know we there are larger saws that we need that 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 can cut faster you know we can cut more sheets a day yeah. where we're limited we can't have that here so um you know moving into the new facility will allow us to have more efficient machinery
2: fascinating yeah. So another thing that I wanted to ask about was just in terms of who you do business with. So, so, you know, growth is, is good and it's a family business and, and, and there's all sorts of positive elements to that, but there's something I've, you know, my business is just under two years old and we're just starting to get out of that. Like, okay, we're above water. We're breathing a little bit, but you start to recognize that yes, you know, contract values matter and you know that what type of work you want to be doing matters but it's also who you want to do business with and how you just you know you make a priority for the certain clients and customers that are easy to work with similar values similar alignment in that way shape or form can you talk a little bit about how that's played into how you've gone about building your business maybe there's contractors that you just love to work with and they're you know straightforward and and then there's other ones that maybe you know if if we're really in a pinch or we have capacity we'll we'll go to them but they're not the people that we're leaning into in a similar way maybe that's not how you think about it
0: well it's it's tough to say no to anyone right right um but you know we're very fortunate that we the 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 people come to us so you know we everyone you know we we don't do any sort of um cold calling ever you know anyone that calls us has has a need so the the builders that we work with you know we've I've developed a, a long relationship with I've worked for many of them for you know my entire career so you know that works well so I think any any builder that that sees the um you know, wanting to provide the best possible service he can for his clients and his homeowners, you know, is it, it's going they to... usually end up here. Correct, yeah. So, so. Right on.
2: So, in that vein of the family business, talk talk a little bit about what it's like to you met your daughter, bring the family in. How do you think about that in the context of um, these long-term decisions that you're making for the business, knowing that it is part of the Walters family, yeah. it's part of what you're doing yeah. for a, a long period of time? It.
0: You know, it's, again, when I started this business, I would have never had any idea it would have grown into what it has grown into. You know, when I first started, and I would tell people I had a closet company, they were, you know, you do what, closets? You know, what is that? And obviously that has changed today. You know, there's such a huge emphasis put on it. And, um, you know, I, my, when Lacey graduated from college, she, she came on board with me and uh, as a designer and our sales manager. And just seeing the... Um, you know the great satisfaction with that she gets from being part of the family business and you know how important our clients are to us and and to doing you know a good job and um, just how we connect with everybody and really do become part of you know our clients lives so she has really um, I think enjoyed that and growing with the business and and that seeing the potential that we have just to really make a a difference in Pittsburgh and, and in the area with with what the product that we offer my son also works for us he is in the shop and runs our CNC and also does operations. So um, they they both have the ability to be part of, you know, moving this, this company into the future. And,
2: so. and they've probably been around it for their entire yes. lives. So there's so many things yes. about it that are second nature that they've, you know, heard it yes. discussed over the dinner table yeah. or wherever.
0: And I don't think I, either one of them would have, Um, ever thought of themselves as entrepreneurs but they are seeing themselves more and more so yeah yeah.
2: I mean I think it's really interesting Mm -hmm. the degree to which some of those things just transfer by osmosis from just even hearing those conversations and kind of being around like whatever instance I'm sure there's been countless of them over the last um, 20 years of we got to go in on the Saturday or Mm -hmm. the Sunday or late night or whatever because this thing has to get done and the buck stops with us so we got to go in because yeah. that's just the nature of being the business owner.
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean, they've grown up with, um, you know, my husband and I working seven days a week as you know, all entrepreneurs do. There's, uh, you know, we, it's not the nine to five jobs. So we are, you know, meeting with clients in the evenings and the weekends. And so they, yeah, they have, they have grown up with that. So I think that's part of their work ethic and, you know, the expectation that, that they see in being successful.
2: Absolutely. So, some of the last questions I want to ask about before we aim towards wrapping up and asking the, the standard last questions was um, just my utter unfamiliarity with closets in general. So um, when you think about whether it's the, you know, Chevy versus like the Maserati of closets um, at, the, at the high end of the for people that, you know, maybe they've never had a walk-in closet. They just don't even know like what the nuances of that might be. When you think about the, the highest in clientele, when you're designing those closets, what actually goes into that? Outside of space, what what elements are going into the highest end closets that you're designing? Well,
0: anything goes. So we do a lot of really high end closets and, and all closets need organization and attention. So from the smallest to the largest.
2: Mine it's, definitely does. Yeah.
0: So <laughs> there aren't any that are too small to be organized. But some of the you know, the high end ones that that we're seeing, um, really anything that would go into a kitchen now is going into, you know, a custom closet from lighting, you know, lighted hang rods and, and islands, any sort of, you know, organizational features, you know, drawer organizers and jewelry inserts. So there's just a lot of really, really cool things that, that we can, that we're doing in the walk-in closets.
2: I imagine like safes and oh, like yeah. TVs Absolutely. and things like that. Yeah. Mirrors, all sorts you name of it. accoutrements. <laughs> so. Very cool. So talk about some of the other elements outside of closets. So the, one of the interesting ones was wine cellars. Talk a little bit about like building the wine cellars, like what people are looking for there, and kind of the that that's people at least can frame into their minds, like okay, someone's walking out of their bedroom into their closet, or, or where those usually go. But can you talk a little bit about the wine cellars that you guys do?
0: Yeah, so we, there's again, it depends on the space that you have, and maybe your collection, how many bottles you you want to store. You know, we can turn a small um, coat closet into a wine storage, you know, unit or um, a section of your basement or um, you know any area of the home really so it, it, it just depends on your needs and you know what how many bottles you'd like to store and, and the, the requirements that, that you have for it.
2: And those usually have like a specific kind of climate control system or something like that. It,
0: it depends so they they can and they they should like a, a large collection should be in a climate controlled room yeah, absolutely. And so there's a lot that goes into that in, in, in building, you know, constructing that area of the home, too. Not everyone is, ha, is has that ability to have that space or maybe the budget to do that. So you can turn a smaller area into wine storage as well, whether it's, you know, a section in your dining room or, like I said, a, you know, a nook area or a small closet, you can turn into a wine storage area.
1: Right
2: on. Um, you guys are into four states now. That the team is growing is going to grow even more as you move into the new location. What, uh, what constraints? What constraints are imposed on you as you kind of look at that kind of geographic reach? Like, is there something where just like beyond a certain thing? It doesn't make sense from like a travel standpoint, or you know, we have a partner that we refer business to if it's out there. Like, how do you how do you think about that?
0: Yeah, well, we try not to. You know, an hour and a half or so is about our our max driving which really from Pittsburgh can you know get us into you know northern Maryland West Virginia and you know eastern Ohio so you know we have we have that area our biggest constraint would be employees you know be just the the skilled labor to to handle you know the increased business is again all I think all other business owners are you know also facing the, the same dilemmas with that. How have
2: you been attacking that? Like, what, what how have you been thinking about finding the skilled labor?
0: Well, we we are always constantly looking, you know, and um, recruiting, looking for help. So it's it's just um, it's a challenge, and fortunately, we're lucky. You know, the you know the economy is good, and and the uh, unemployment is low. So it's you know the it is really an employee's market right now. So it's tough to find you yeah. know, good employees. Yeah. It kind yeah. of flips, right? Like when, yeah. the,
2: when the economy is like this, there's a lot of business coming Correct. in, hard <laughs> to find the workers and then can flip the other way when the economy turns.
0: So that's always a challenge. Um, we, there's a lot of training into what we do. Our industry is really unique. Um, unlike, you know, a lot of the other custom cabinetry, you know, industries and our turnover is very fast and, you know, we'll, install an entire house in just a day or two. So it versus other, you know, where it may take weeks to have a, you know, a kitchen installed. So we, we, in manufacturing everything too. So it's just, you know, having the, finding the skilled employees from, from start to finish, from the designers to the manufacturers, to the installers. So it's really, it's a, it's a big bucket to fill.
2: Yeah. Do you usually have like apprentices or how, how do they kind of come in generally?
0: We, again, it's, What we do is unique so we have a lot of training that goes into whenever we hire new employees We really try to um, also promote from within so as as far as from You know, maybe having someone from the shop trained to be an installer, you know, so that they can grow into other positions. You know, everyone, we really focus a lot on cross training everyone too, so that everyone's kind of able to, you know, help out and jump in wherever, you know, need be.
2: Yeah, it's important when it's a small business, it's still got to be uh, wearing a lot of hats. Michelle, this has been great. Thank you for uh, being on the podcast. I want to make sure that people can learn more about. Liberty Closets, and you, uh, what digital coordinates can we provide people so they can learn more?
0: We have our website, closetfactory.com. We also have our Instagram page, our Pittsburgh Closet Factory Instagram page, as well as our Facebook page. Like us, check us out on.
2: Beautiful. We're going to link that in the show notes. Goingdeepwithaaron.com slash podcast is a place to find it for this and every episode of the show. It's also in the podcast app where you're probably listening to it right now. Um, but before we let you go, I want to give you the mic one final time to issue an actionable personal challenge for the audience.
0: I would say just to be kind to everyone. And I love um, what Ellen DeGeneres just recently said, which is, you know, be kind to everyone and not not just people that agree with you, but, you know, try to look beyond that. And, you know, if someone doesn't agree with you, you know, that doesn't make them a bad person and you should be yeah be kind to everyone
2: i love it it is once again an, a great long-term strategy i'm sure that's why uh the business continued to grow as well thank you so much for coming on the podcast
0: thank you i enjoyed it, it was great. we
2: just went deep with michelle walters hope everyone
1: out there has a fantastic day Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Going Deep with Aaron Watson. If you want to continue to have your mind expanded, your heart filled, and have your tribe grow, mark your calendars for March 28th, 2020 at the Going Deep Summit. You can learn more at goingdeepsummit.com where you can get tickets, see speakers, and get excited for an absolutely fantastic day in downtown Pittsburgh. Get your tickets before November 1st because that's when ticket prices go up. Thanks for listening. Connect with Aaron on Twitter and Instagram at AaronWatson59.